this is Chris Bellamy with the Church Collective. We're here with Mac Brock, um, just coming off a new record, right? Yeah. Um, excited to hear from you. We've got a bunch of questions um, already lined up from our, our, our listeners and our audience. Um, so you want to just start talking about the new album? Start with that? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so just released this record. Uh, it's called Greater Things. And, you know, this record was kind of... Uh, an interesting journey for me. Uh, this whole like past 18 months has been like a new season for me to figure out like what this looks like. And so when I kind of started in this, uh, I was working at a church for 10 years. And when I kind of stepped out of that, um, just kind of dove into a lot of songwriting and a lot of uh, working out what the Lord was doing, like in my family's, you know, in my family, in my life through songwriting. And so a lot of the songs on this album are just kind of a compilation of that. Yeah, so um, so you moved to Nashville, correct? No, I still live in Charlotte. Oh, really? Yep. Wow, I thought... Still living in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in Nashville. I feel like Nashville is uh, definitely my second home right now, but uh, we're staying put here. Okay, because I know like James is a good friend of mine. He moved to Nashville and a, and a bunch yep. of them... I think, uh, what, Lance and London moved to Nashville too, didn't they? They moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yep. yes. So there was like a like an exodus to Nashville. So I thought you were part of <laughs> part of that whole exodus. Not quite. Not yet. Um, I, David's in, David Curran's in Nashville, right? Yep. David Curran's yeah. in Nashville. Um, so who talking about all those guys, who who was on the album? On, uh, on Greater Things? Yeah. Um, Man, there are so many people involved. That was one of the cool the cool parts about making this record is, you know, I didn't really want. I've always kind of struggled with the idea of like doing like a solo record because that just feels lonely and, <laughs> and isolated. Um, but in this record, it, it was just so cool to collaborate with like so many people. Um, so there are a lot of musicians involved. James Duke is on it. David Curran played on it. Um, Jacob Arnold, Austin Davis played on it. Uh, and then, you know, even had a, like a, several different producers that, you know, kind of helped shape different songs. Uh, Jacob Suter was a producer that I worked a lot with on this record. Um, he did, you know, probably over half the record. And just even working with him was like awesome. He's a killer producer, but he's also like a killer keys player. And so getting to just be in the studio and like explore songs with him was like such a blast. Worked with Jeremy Latito. There, there's a lot of people involved. Did I see Hank Bentley was on it? Yep. Hank Bentley played guitar on a lot of songs. So basically yeah, like an all-star friend. cast as the album is just an all-star. <laughs> Man, album. I got a lot of good people involved. So it was awesome. Um, who, who, who mastered it? Uh, his name's Drew Levine. Okay. Um, he's a guy that I've worked with before, and uh, yeah, he's a solid dude. Okay, because I know, uh, like, you had worked with Gat Three Studios for in the past, right? Yeah. So Gat Three is a studio in Charlotte, and I've worked with them like a ton over the years. Um, they're good friends of mine, and then uh, and then I've also worked with some people at Sterling Sound, uh, but ultimately for this record, got Drew to master it. That's cool. Yeah, I've I've sent a couple projects to Gat for um for mastering, and the whole time yeah. I was wondering. I wonder if he still used them or uh, different, you know. Yeah, I, I was still really close to them. 
Um, so, you know, how did, how did you start the process? Like, were you, were you doing co-writes or were you just writing everything by yourself? Yeah, a lot of co-writes. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I love about like when you're writing songs for the church, I love writing with like other people. Um, and so it was a lot of writing with like new people. Um, you know, that was like such an interesting part for me, like writing for one church. Um, you know, the time that I was at Elevation, you know, that was like a very amazing environment, but it was also like, those are, that was like what my focus was for 10 years. Um, and so to write with like new people was like, it kind of like stretched me and pushed me and, and put, get, got me out of my comfort zone. But, um, ultimately I had such a good experience with like everybody that I worked with and yeah, it was, it was really challenging and like new for me, but, uh, I'm super stoked with like everything that came out of those, those rights. Did you go into it thinking like, I want to go like a, a different direction that I've done in the past or did you want to just, just let it be natural or how, how did that work? And, you know, I'm a worship leader. Like that's like who I am. And, and so I feel like my heart is always geared towards the church. Um, especially in the songwriting process, when you're in production, you can get into a lot of new elements and stuff. But, but when it came, came down to just the songs and songwriting, I wanted to write songs that expressed worship for the church. You know, that's my heart. And so I didn't feel like, you know, the necess necessarily like I needed to do something new or like a total departure of what I experienced at Elevation just because I think we're all on the same team, even when it comes to that, you know? Yeah. What's your, um, like what song is, is say that you picked one song for a church to lead on a Sunday, like you think would really connect with the congregation. Is there one that you would say start with on the album? I mean, I've been doing greater things for a while. Uh, that's the, you know, the first track title track of the album. I've been doing that at churches for almost a year now. And that song is, it's such a, it's such an easy song to connect to, but I think it's also just a song that like people want to say and people want to sing, you know, uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot with that song is that, you know, one of the great things about worship is that we don't necessarily have to even be there yet to be able to speak it and to say it out loud. And sometimes our praise and our worship is what brings us to a place of faith and what brings us to a breakthrough, like in our relationship with God and, and, and receiving something from him. And so a song like that, when you're declaring, you know, I will not fear for you are with me. Sometimes we're not at that place, you know, like there are a lot of times where I still have a lot of fear. I have a lot of stress or anxiety, but even just to be able to say that and to say, I will not fear, you know, I've seen this fight from the victory. There's something that's special about like just unleashing that in a worship experience. So I've loved playing that song live. So are you, are you, um, you touring with this album? I just did a short tour with mosaic, uh, MSC and Cody Carnes and Local Sound um, just wrapped that up uh, last week. And then I'm doing a lot of conferences and, and leading at some churches and stuff like that through the rest of the fall. And then I go back on tour in February. 
So did you did you um, like assemble a new band or do you just kind of whoever's available to go? You know, that's uh, I've had when I toured in the spring, I brought two of my really close friends, Leo Solis and Lee Worley. They were on tour with me on that tour. Then on this past tour, me and Cody Carnes kind of uh, shared some musicians. You know, we used McKendry and we used Austin and then Leo came back out and played bass with me. And so I'm kind of in a season where it's a little bit uh, ragtag, <laughs> you know, kind of motley crew of dudes uh, for different events. And so, but it's been great. It's been fun. It's funny that you say motley crew, but you're talking like like the who's who of the worship, like instrumentalist. Um, can we talk about some like technical stuff from the album, like, you know, studio stuff? If I'm able to answer it, I'm not like a... <laughs> I'm not a super great engineer or anything, but I'll try my best. Um, like what was your, what was your signal chain? Like what, what mic did you use? Oh, see that I couldn't tell you any of that stuff. So, I mean, cause I used a bunch of different, I used like four or five different producers. And so we, they all did different, different chains and different okay. stuff like that. So I, I didn't even keep up with that. So you don't have like a, your own <laughs> studio that you're, you're writing out of or anything when I'm, when I'm home, I have a very basic office, uh, that's mostly like a songwriting room. Uh, so I don't, I don't do m many overdubs here anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, I've got like a very small setup with like an SM seven microphone, which I've actually used a lot. You know, I, I use SM sevens for pretty much everything I do. Yeah if it's like live or if I'm just tracking at home or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't really have like a home studio anymore. Hmm. What do you use when you do vocoder stuff? Do you still do vocoder stuff live? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did on this past tour. I use this TC Helicon. Um, and so, you know, there's different ways to go about it. You can, you can do it through like an actual, like interface, and through like Pro Tools or Logic or something like that. And sometimes that stuff is a little bit better like quality. You have like more control over it. But I kind of like, I like using the TC Helicon. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit messier. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, harder to wrangle. But uh, it, I don't know, it kind of creates a good live, and, live dynamic. That's cool. Um for your writing process, like how do you, do you start, like, what do you, do you, I know you play guitar too. So do you just start uh, yep. with a guitar? Do you start at a keyboard? Like how do you start? Man, usually I'm on guitar. I can't play keys very well, but playing keys, I'm transposing everything in C. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I usually start on guitar, but it's kind of different. You know, sometimes it'll just come in with like an actual lyric idea just like a theme, something like that, uh, or a melody or something. But there's also been a lot of times where I'll just sit down and we'll just play a progression. And we just have like a progression. We'll just live in that for a long time, you know, and see kind of what comes out. And I think one of the great things about like writing worship music is regardless if you, if you come out with a great song or not, you're spending just a lot of time, like you're spending that afternoon dwelling in like God's presence and kind of focus your attention on God's presence and worshiping. And so 
sometimes it's just sitting down and playing through progression for 45 minutes. You're just living in it, seeing what comes out. Um, and then other times it's, I've got this idea, I've got this theme. We just need to like lock in like verses. We need to lock in the, you know, yeah. it's like very direct. Um, so it's kind of all, all over the place. Has there been a, like a time you're just driving in the car and it just comes to you and you pull out your recorder? Very rarely. That kind of happens to me less often than not. You know, I'm, I do a lot better if I have focus time that I sit down and start working. A lot of, now, I will say a lot of times like themes will come to mind, you know, like, oh, I want to write a song about this or I want to say this in a song. That's what comes out more inspirationally for me than uh, the inspiration of a melody or the, you know, something like that. So for your new album, did you have did you have a, like a ton of songs recorded and then you narrowed it down? I had a ton of songs written and then narrowed it down. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I probably went in with like 40, 45 songs that I just kind of had written over the past year and just kind of locked it down to the ones that I was like most stoked on. And, and you know, even the recording of this record was uh, – kind of unconventional for me because we would just get in the studio and we record one song and then we released it and then we'd get back in the studio and record two songs. And so it was very, it, even the process of making this album was just, we took our time and, and we were kind of just patient with the process and didn't feel, these were just the songs that I was most passionate about. And I felt like met me where I'm, where I'm at right now. Um, and so even the, you know, the recording process, once we knew what songs I wanted to record, we would just get in the studio and do it and see what came out. So what, what does life look like for you right now? Like, are you planning to stay in Charlotte or? Yeah. Um, so me and my wife are planning on staying put in Charlotte. My wife works here um, for a ministry called Proverbs 31. Um, we have two kids here and we just really, I mean, we love, I love the city of Charlotte. It's like my favorite city and love our community of friends here and love the people that we're around here. Uh, and so we, we don't see a reason why we shouldn't just stay put. So, um, are you on, are you on staff at a church or anything? Or are you just concentrating nope. on touring? Yeah, I'm not on, I'm not on staff anywhere right now. Like, do you desire to be on? Um, no, I don't think so right now. I mean, I love, I love like church ministry and I love like worship teams and worship ministry. Um, and I do, there are certain aspects of that that I miss for sure. But one of the cool things is God has put a lot of great churches and people in my life over the last year that I, I feel like I've been able to pour into and invest into and like be a part of, even if I'm not on staff. And so I'm just kind of walking in that right now. I know a ton of churches that were like, Hey, Mac is available. Like, like <laughs> I wonder what, what would it take to get him here? You know, like right. it was funny. It was like, man, it's like, I don't know how to compare it. It's like, it's like the, the popular girl in high school, all of a sudden single and like everybody. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a thing. Like I didn't, I didn't leave church staff feeling burnout that I didn't want to do it anymore. It wasn't that case at all. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just in a season now of like walking in something new. And so I'm not even, you know, I don't know where the Lord will have us a year from now, you know, six months from now. 
but right now we feel good with what, you know, me and my wife feel good with where we're at and what we're doing. Yeah. I, I remember some people were like, I think he's going to Jesus culture. Cause I think you're, you're, you're saying it Jesus <laughs> with Jesus culture for yeah. a little bit, you know, and yeah. everybody's like, he's going to Jesus culture. They're making a super group. Like, you know? Oh no, it's just, man, those are just like close, you know, they are like family to me and they're close friends. And, um, and so anytime I have an opportunity to like just be at their church and be around them, yeah, like I always love it. Yeah, it was like it was like uh like where's LeBron going? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> That's funny. So um can I ask you a, a question that doesn't have anything to do with worship? Um I know I've seen you wear Jordans. Do you collect Jordans? Uh no. I oh. don't like I don't collect them. I just, uh, but I do have some. Okay. What's your, cause I collect Jordan. So I, I've oh, okay. been, I was like, man, if I ever talk to him, I'm going to ask him like, what Jordans does he have? You know, you know, like I was way, um, I was way better about keeping up with my shoe game before I had kids. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> since, since I've had kids, you know, the money goes to more, um, things to help them survive. Yeah. But, uh, I still do like, you know, I still love shoes and I love Jordans. What's your favorite Jordan? Uh, I go back and forth. I always love the threes. Those are like my favorite for forever. I just, I love them, but I kind of like, um, maybe the tens. I think the tens have creeped to the top for me. Yeah. Yeah. They're just super simple. I think it's cool that, I mean, I don't know if you, you kind of see it, but you, you changed kind of the perception of what a worship leader looks like for a lot of people, like oh, yeah. just, you know, wearing Jordans on stage, you know, <laughs> it's like that connects with people, you know, like oh, yeah. some people think like, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't wear this or that on stage. And then the wearing a hat, I don't know how many people I know that have said like, you changed their life because now they can wear a hat on stage. You made it cool to wear a hat on stage. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't like, heard that. So I just wear a hat because uh, I don't know. I've just always worn hats. <laughs> yeah, but like that's like your signature thing, and you know, a lot of churches, a, a lot of churches that I've played at have they have you know rules against hats on stage and everything. Yeah. And, you kind of like ushered in the new like generation of it being like a, like, like, okay to wear a hat on stage. That's you know? funny. I, I, uh, I didn't know that I had that impact, but I will uh, carry that with pride. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, like multiple friends of mine it. have been, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, if Mac is wearing a hat on stage, I can wear a hat on stage. Yeah. I think, a, I think a big part of it is I think a lot of churches, um, or church leaders feel like it covers your eyes and you can't see, yeah. you know, see the people. And, and that is important. Like I would actually like agree with that. And so I've, I've learned, uh, I don't know, like making eye contact with people like is an important part of, to me about like leading worship. And so even with a hat on or even, you know, even if it feels like it's covered up still, uh, I don't know, even being intentional with that. Like I don't like, like to wear my hat super low Yeah. or, you know, like uh, that still is important to me. And so I understand where the leaders are coming from. Um, but I, so I think that there's like a happy medium. Yeah. Well, thank you from a lot of my friends for, <laughs> for making that <laughs> the standard. <You're> <laughs> um, what kind of, what kind of guitar are you playing live now? I think you had a three, 
three five seven for for a little while. Yeah, I've got a three uh, Elliott three fifty seven that I use a lot. That's probably my favorite electric that I have. Um, and then I also have an Elliott Halocaster uh, that I got last year. Um, that's just such like a smooth guitar. It plays, it feels and plays the best. Uh, and then for acoustic, I've got this old uh, Gibson B25, which is like a small body uh, 60s guitar. Yeah. What does the next like 10 years look like for you? Shoot, dude. I don't know what the next six months look like for me. Wow. Um, I mean, really, I don't, it's such a, this has such been such an interesting season for me and my wife. We're very big planners. We're both type A personality. We like to have like, there's our 10 year plan, a five year plan, whatever, all that stuff. Um, and so this whole season has been so new for us because it is like walking a little bit like one step at a time one foot in front of the other. We don't know really like what's next, but we're trying to just be open-handed and flexible. And, um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I think the only thing that I'm certain of is, is that, uh, like my family is super important. So whatever I'm doing, it's going to involve them. It's going to involve like, uh, that being like the highest priority for me. And then the other thing is, is just, I love being a worship leader. Not only do I love it, like I feel like that's my calling and that's that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I imagine, you know, in the next ten years, I'll I'll probably still be leading worship, um, and and helping raise up, you know, other worship leaders and pour into other other people that are coming up through through church. And so that hopefully I'll still be doing that in ten years. What do you like? What artists are you listening to in the worship world now? Like, who's inspiring you? Man, golly, there are a ton. Um, obviously, like I said before, like I love the Jesus Culture crew. I feel like they, they, especially in like a live Jesus Culture experience, it's like just such a amazing thing to experience. They're like, I mean, they're just the best at what they do and and they're really great at being close to the Lord and understanding like maybe what God wants to do in a moment and they're really like in tune with that. And so being under that leadership and an experience is really powerful. Um, you know, I love Bethel. I love Hillsong. I love like what, what all of them are doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so Phil Wickham, that's a guy that I've gotten to like spend a lot of time with this past year. And he's somebody that like really has pushed me and challenged me in a lot of ways, uh, with songwriting and with just like his leadership too. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a ton of stuff. Have you checked out the new Tori Kelly stuff? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, she is, uh, like the best singer we got <laughs> on our team. She's unreal. I mean, I've, Tori Kelly, she's someone that I've been a fan of for a long time. And so to hear her like release like a worship record is just really, yeah, it's like full circle. Yeah. What, um, like where, where does your influence come like growing up music wise? Um, like even secular stuff, like what, what kind of fills your, your, your musical mind? 
I mean, it's kind of all over the map. I like, a, I mean, even like right now, like I, I still listen to a lot of like top 40 songs, you know, or like a lot of pop or hip hop or anything like that. But growing up, I listened to a lot of like Third Eye Blind. They were like a massive band for me. Their first record like changed my life, uh, like literally like changed the way I thought about music and thought about guitars and thought about hooks and all that stuff. Um, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. I think he's like the best songwriter we've ever had. I love him. So listen to a lot of that. So it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's all over, (laughs) all over the spectrum. So, um, are you already planning on another album since you you had so many songs you narrowed it down to? Do you have like a a sequel coming out? Yeah, I think I'll probably try to get back into the, in the, into the studio again at the start of the year um i've got a handful of songs that i'd like to get out there um i don't have like a timeline like this is when i'm releasing like my next single or anything like that but i'll probably yeah i'll probably be back in nashville in the studio in january or something like that do you have anybody like in mind that you'd want on your next album like lecrae musician wise (laughs) or or singer you know vocalist Lecrae is amazing. Yeah. If you have any connections, let me know. Um, no, I hadn't, I hadn't thought that far ahead yet. Uh, there is one song that I wrote with a friend. I mean, you obviously know London Gatch and the moment that I wrote it, I just imagined her like leading it. Uh, and so I wanted, she's one person that I really want to like do a song with this, like, specific song and then outside of that i don't know i mean i do love i love working with other people and i love bringing in other people to be a part of like whatever i'm doing and so i'm sure there will be more Hmm. how do you see um like the current status of worship like we talked to matt redman and he had a, a bunch of thoughts on you know where worship has been and where it's going and and how do you kind of see the current status of it from like a sonic perspective or from a spiritual perspective? Just just everything. Like, you know, where it's come from, you know, starting with the hymns and, and then yeah. kind of moving into where we are now and then where it's going. I mean, I don't totally know. So it's hard for me to even answer this question. But I do feel like there's just been a shift over the last several years where – um you know, I grew up in like a Baptist church and there was like music, sermon, and that was kind of it. And I do feel like we're just experiencing a little bit more of like an openness to like what God can do when we're worshiping him. And there's like an openness to uh, people experiencing like a breakthrough through a song or people experiencing like healing through like worship, you know? And so I think that there is like people are receiving that a lot more over the last several years. And so I think that that hopefully that will just like continue to happen to where like worshiping God will be like a catalyst for just spiritual breakthrough in our lives, you know? Um, And so I think like that's, that's a big thing. Um, And I think even just like the synergy of worship and like the word, you know, the Bible and teaching and scripture, like 
even just like the synergy of like all of those those combined feel a little um i don't know they just feel like really connected right now you know like the way songs can just be like preaching what like preaching straight scripture or the way that songs can like lead into a sermon that is like deep in scripture and then comes back into this worship moment i don't know there just seems like to be a lot of synergy to me right now uh with that so that's exciting yeah i know a lot of people debate whether you know some people say oh you know ccm music is cookie cutter all sounds the same and then there's other people that are like well you're just not listening to the right artists you know uh um, yeah. do you do you feel like it's in a good place creatively yeah i mean i think it is you know i think that there's probably some boundaries that we can keep pushing and there's probably some like sonic stuff that we need to keep exploring um i don't know i think yeah, there, there's just such a, it's such a weird debate about like what's creative and what's not creative and what's good and what's not good. That's like the the weird part about like the world that we live in, you yeah. know? And, and it's frustrating to me because like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like getting in that like critical mindset and that yeah. kind of like judgmental mindset. Cause that's not why we're doing what we're doing. It's not why we like write a worship song. I think that as believers and as the church, we do need to continue like pushing creatively and keep stretching our, our boundaries so that we can just kind of grow and, and, and push ourselves. But I don't think, uh, I don't know. I don't like getting in the discussions too much of like, well, what's, cre- you know, <laughs> what is creative and what's not and what's necessarily like good or bad or whatever. Yeah. Obviously like we can all have opinions. I can have an opinion on a song or an album or whatever, but we're in a different category just because like what we're doing, uh, the purpose behind it is so different, you know? Uh, the purpose behind of like a song that I'm writing isn't necessarily for me. It's not to have like, uh, to see how far I can push the envelope. The purpose of the song that I'm writing is to, is to have a song for people to worship, to, you know, worship God to, and to have like, in a church or, or just, or in a personal moment to be able to sing this to God. And so obviously want to continue to push the boundaries of that. Um, I don't know. I just would rather like us be, uh, focus on like, like all the good that's coming out, you know, and the good music that's coming out and the good things that are happening, especially like in like Christian music. Yeah. The reason I was going to ask you is because I, I feel like you do a great job of pushing forward without leaving people behind, you know, like the mm-hmm. congregation, uh, in which you basically just said that, you know, you're kind of thinking about, and that's what I like is, yeah. is it goes, it's, it's new, it's creative, you know, but at the same time, it's not so far, you know, out on left field that the congregation is like, what's going on right. here? You know, yeah. like, right. It's not Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like, what is this, you know, like where it's like blowing your mind technically or like, wow, like this is like pushing me so much. And I'm a massive Radiohead fan and I like listening to them and being inspired by like the things that they do. Um, but that 
leaves yeah like you said it, it sometimes like leaves a lot of people behind too uh and so it is a hard balance if you could go on tour with anybody living or dead secular christian who would you go on tour with tom petty tom petty yeah just in hopes that throughout the day before or after the show i could spend like maybe 15 minutes with him just hanging <laughs> that's cool so um, I take it you were a little, you were upset when, you know, he passed. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was the worst. That was so sad. Me and my wife are both massive Petty fans. And um, yeah, that one hit hard. I read an article last night where a guy was saying, he's like, I don't really pay attention when celebrities pass away. But when Tom Petty passed, he wept, you know. Yeah, it was brutal. It was really, yeah. It was, it was such a compounding thing because it was just like, you know, it was immediately, it was the same day pretty much that we were all kind of dealing with the Las Vegas shooting too. And, yeah. And I just remember like that day just being like so heavy and like so, I didn't even know what to, how to deal with like all the emotions that I was feeling, like anxiety, stress, sadness. And uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Awesome. Um, how about, could you ask yourself a question? Anything okay. you would ask yourself that nobody ever asked you? <laughs> Shoot, I've never, um, I don't know. I've never once thought that. Like, what? Uh, do you normally ask people this? What do yeah, other people yeah. say? <laughs> I'm They're curious just, what other people say. Don't just say things <laughs> like, man, I wish somebody would really ask me, like, you know, how I grew up or what my background or what my favorite movie is or like, Oh, I mean, one thing that's, uh, one thing that is kind of funny about me, I would say is that even though I'm a, like I'm a worship leader, uh, I'm a big horror movie buff. I wouldn't even say a buff, but I'm a big horror movie fan. I just like really love <laughs> like horror movies. And a lot of people think that that's a little odd. Hmm. So have you, um, <laughs> have you, I don't know how, how much you pay attention to social media and memes and stuff, but have you seen, um, there for a while, there was a lot of Photoshopping of you shooting things. <laughs> yes. I've seen those. <laughs> what, what did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was funny. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I do the things I do sometimes. Um, yeah, I laughed. I wasn't offended. That's cool. I like ask you know, I, I asked Kim Walker, um, like, what's up with the laugh? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I, I asked I asked our, our audience, what would you like us to ask Kim Walker? We, you know, we interviewed her, said, what's up with the laugh? And uh, people are surprised that I asked her that. But uh, she said, I'm glad you asked me that because people think it's more spiritual than it is. Sometimes I'm literally laughing at people in the, in the <laughs> audience that are being funny. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, that's She's cool. the best. Um, final question. Um, what What was your like musical training like? like? Did you take lessons growing up or school band? What? Uh, yeah. No, I, I had. So I started off playing bass guitar when I was in eighth grade. So I took bass guitar lessons and I played bass and sang like in youth group and stuff for the longest time. And that was about it. And then when I started like leading worship, 
I have a buddy, give him a shout out, Travis Wright, uh, who lives in South Carolina, who gave me one lesson on guitar and showed me how to play certain chords. I think he showed me like, or he showed, not even showed me how to play certain chords. He showed me like how to play in like two different keys, C and G. And that's, that was kind of, that's been the most training I've had on guitar. Oh, wow. And a lot of, a lot of times it, it is very obvious. <laughs> huh. So no, no, you didn't do marching band in, in school or anything? I played bass guitar in the jazz band in okay. ninth grade. Yeah. In ninth grade I did jazz band and then they got somebody that could read music and he took my place. That's funny. What made you start with <laughs> bass guitar? Um, because my mom was a drummer uh, and she's a, she is an awesome drummer. And she was like, if you learn to play bass, we can play together. And so that's why I started. You still play bass? Uh, rarely. If I'm in the studio and just like tracking bass, I'll do it. But I haven't played bass live in years. Huh? Man, I'd like to see you just like slap the bass a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I definitely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you talking to us. Um, it's it's awesome to hear, you know, just from you, um, because, like I said, you're just an inspiration to a lot of people. Um, uh, thanks, dude. You know, you 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 kind of opened up almost a new um, norm to what's acceptable, mm. you know, as a worship leader to to act like or look like. Um, and a lot of a lot of people I know, um, you know, cite you as the person that inspired them. So, man, thanks for saying that, Chris. That yeah. means a lot. <laughs>